looking for the king of podcasts, you're at the wrong channel. Looking for good ideas for life, you are far from good hands. If you think the listener is always right, you are far from the right place. Hosted by a Northeasterner by birth, a rebel by choice. If you want a host that floats between love and madness, then play on and listen to Crazy Train Radio. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers! I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! Mmm, I love scotch. I love scotch. Scotch is got scotch. Here it goes down. Down into my belly. Mm -mm Mmm-mm-mm. Don't mess with me, I'm one crazy mofo. Hey, I know we have a lot of horror fans that listen to our shows, and I know things have been tough for everybody across the board these past six or seven months with what's been going on in the real world, but I wanted to make a suggestion to you horror fans, because I know part of the normal routine year in and year out is to attend different conventions to meet some of your favorite horror stars. However, none of us have been able to do that because of obvious reasons. But I do have a little suggestion for you. SignatureHorror.com Now, some may ask, what is that? Well, they obtain autographs for the fans from some of their favorite stars, from some of their favorite franchises. Whether it be the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Friday the 13th, Nightmare on Elm Street, and many more. They have different options such as, besides getting their autographs, you can do live Zoom calls with your favorite stars. You can do personalized videos for people, greetings of some sort. They just have many options. So if you're looking for to spend some money that you may have spent at conventions, check them out and see the options they have SignatureHorror.com That's right, SignatureHorror.com
Hi there, this is Alistair Duncan, and you are listening to Crazy Train Radio. Hey folks, it's your least favorite host in a podcast world, Croc, Jonathan Steele. And I'm Elena, your favorite host from the Emerald Isles. Boy, do we have a good one for you today. Actually looking forward to chatting with this next guest. He has done many things over a 30-year career he has been very fortunate to have. He made a debut in a TV film back in 1988 where his co-star was playing Sherlock Holmes. However, he has done so many things. He has been involved with Shakespeare plays. He's done TV series appearances, TV movies, so much work within the video game world with games such as Call of Duty, Star Wars, God of War, you name it, he's been involved with some of the most popular games. However, a lot of people know him as Alfred Pennysworth in the Batman series animated versions. So let's go ahead and welcome the pride of Edinburgh, Scotland, over in the UK, Mr. Alistair Duncan. So first and foremost, Mr. Alistair Duncan. Hi how, there. How are you? And I guess my first question would be, since we are, I guess, about 13 months into this whole thing with COVID and stuff, how have you been handling things? Uh, you know what? It's been awful and it's been fine it's it's like with everybody but we, we all have the same stories we all have the same experience just uh, um uh, i i look at it through the the prism of my daughters and their uh how they're getting on if they're doing okay then you know i'm okay uh i you know i get out i get in my car i go shopping i see people i've you know i've all i've managed to to go off and do things and feel myself out in the world and at the same time um uh, feel claustrophobic and stuck um but with them i see you know they're they're how they're dealing with being at school and being with in contact with their friends and not having a social life and so on and it's been that's been an interesting one to navigate for me um and then obviously you know work has been so weird so everything's so strange in that respect so it's it's we're all the same we're all just you know working out how to survive in this weird strange environment we're in um uh and i won't say i've enjoyed it um and i'm looking forward to it being over yeah and it's i was doing a little reading because for some odd reason my parents wanted me to know how to do things like reading and writing and you know stuff like that so strange yeah, I know. They wanted me to have some sort of an education, which is scary. But when I was doing some reading on you, the interesting thing I thought, and I've talked to other people who've done multiple, uh, I don't know if disciplines is the word, or hmm. I'm trying to find the right word there. But for folks who may not be familiar, you've done things from TV, TV movies, you know, actually big screen projects, video game voiceover work. You know, there's so many different elements you've been a part of. Yeah. And not the only person I've spoken to with that type of background. Are you able to do a lot of the voiceover work from home or are you still one that goes to a studio as it's safely taken care of? 
now uh, um, it's going out to studios. Uh, before it was whatever I was doing, I was basically doing from home. Um, and it was, uh, it's, you know, it, it, it was fine. It's, it, but not having somebody there to, to bounce things off or having somebody hidden away, um, uh, just, you know, telling me what they think of what's going on in my little studio is, is not as good as being there in the room and having everybody, you know, having everybody involved, be involved and, you know, being able to see them. Um, and, uh, uh, it's yeah it it's it's uh i far prefer going out there and actually working with people i mean doing you know i went back in and we're, i'm doing a video game just now that we're actually uh, you know we're getting we get tested every day and we go out I go out there and we do our stuff and then we come back and um uh and it's far it's it's you know one of the things i love about this business is the social aspect is you're actually working with people with creative people who are and you're all on the same boat you're all trying to do something so it's it's great to be back out there and doing it again well, and you know, that's interesting because that you're working on one now, video game anyway. And I'm, I guess, what you would call an old school gamer in ah. terms of I like, I've seen and played stuff with all the nooks and crannies that you see now with, you know, how everything looks with digital and yeah. the latest technology. But as far as your side of things with the production and everything else that goes into it, how much detail is there as far as what they're expected from you as far as, and the reason I ask it that way is because there are, it's one thing if it, you have a TV script or a movie script or whatever, I've seen how those are formatted. How is it formatted and presented to you? And what do they expect when okay, putting so a game together? So when, 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 we're, when we're doing a game, the way it's formatted is just like a normal movie script. For me, I just get, you know, we get the, the lines. This is, on, this is motion capture, the capture, this is performance capture. So normal movie script, you have the lines, but what, you don't, what we don't see is the, uh, is there, is the, the creative version of the script, which has, you know, which is, could be maybe 10 times as long with how they're gonna break this down, what it's gonna be, how they're gonna shoot it, everything else. Uh, I don't need that. I, I need to know what I'm doing there. I need to know, you know, what, what's happened before and what's happened after. And often that's difficult to work out because in a video game, which can last 50 hours, it's, you know, there's a lot of stuff that goes on. Um, uh, so, I, you know, always I'll have questions. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes I don't have the questions. And then somebody comes up to me and gives me an answer, tells me what, you know, what the background is to what I'm doing. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's good. That's good to know because that actually changes things. Um my job is to know what I'm doing. My job is to be able to take whatever I'm given and then play it, make it as real as possible. Um, and it's the same whether it be for a, a, a video game um, or for a, for a film or for TV. Uh, just in a video game, particularly in motion capture, obviously you're doing something with nothing around you. You're like this, it's just you standing there in an, in an empty void and you have to create all of the idea of what it is in your head, you know, the crashing bombs, the, the the, the, the huge mountains. Uh, so that makes it a little bit different. Well, speaking of that, you know, having to create everything for yourself to do the particular role in this case, as far as games and such, do they appreciate, because I've heard different things as far as no matter what genre you're doing, do they prefer you asking questions saying, Hey, well, what about this? What about that? Cause like you said, sometimes people will come to you and say, Hey, we're looking at this. Yeah. 
Uh, it's it's you know what uh, I think it's always good to ask, I, and I, I've he- I hear people asking questions. Questions when there's something you really don't understand or know, and you need to know. Really good asking questions for questions' sake, like coming in, going, mm, you know, or or because you're wanting to to get something else out of it, or or you feel like there's a um, as long as they're not self-indulgent, they're great. And, and, and they want them to be asked, you know, they want uh, questions to be asked. But in the end, also, like, you have to just stop asking the questions and do the job. You just, it's time to actually, like, even, you know, you know, time is of the essence. They've actually got to get these things made. Again, TV, film, video game, you got to make it. So um, yeah, at some point, you have to stop asking questions and just get up there and do it and then see what happens. And then if it doesn't make sense, maybe ask another question, but at least give it a shot. Exactly. Well, and I don't know how difficult this is or not, because yes, you got to get the job done, but you've been a part of not only on the video game side, but on, you know, certain animations and cartoons and just everything that goes into it with established franchises such as Call of Duty, Star Wars, Batman. Spider-Man, you name it. Then there's the TV side of NCIS and all. Do you prefer being involved with established franchises? Oh, uh, ooh, I've never even thought about it. Do I prefer... Uh, I prefer playing parts that are interesting. I prefer playing interesting characters. You know, that. Uh, um, uh, I've been really lucky and I've had some really fun characters to play um uh in you know in in films going back to this thing split second i did with um with rutger hauer me rest in peace uh and it was such a great character dick durkin he was so just sort of you know uh, straight laced and whatever and then with this crazy manic mad madman and that was just really fun and then doing that which was a science fiction film but i look at that i went back and watched it again after whatever it was 25 years and the special effects are just so it's like hammer horror films it looks it's looks so dated now because of what you were talking about you know like in films with cgi and all of that at least i think you were and uh what they do now makes it means that it's just it's it's like that was like the Stone Age. It was, but it was just as much fun to do. You know, I was. We were playing around. We were in real water. It was really dark. There was. Uh, it was um, messy. And now I'm on a soundstage with, uh, uh, you know, doing motion capture. And there's there's nothing there. And it's still really messy and whatever. But it's just I'm not seeing it. But if the character is interesting, then the job is interesting. It's as simple as that. Playing uh, playing Alfred and Batman in the, the series was so much fun because it's surrounded. You know, I look around, hey, there's Clancy Brown sitting next to me. Uh, um, hey, there's Gina Gershon, Mark Hamill, all these great guys coming in, playing these small characters. And that's the thing, everybody wants to come in, Mark Hamill coming in and playing, a, a, um, I can't remember what he played, but it was just, he wanted to do it because it was a fun day and it was an interesting thing for him to do. So we will always go and do something if it's interesting, if we can fit it in. Well, you, you mentioned about playing Alfred yeah. on several different iterations yeah. of the series. What was it about Alfred? Because I'm not the biggest Batman fan or comic fan, but there's, you know, for what I have seen of, you know, because obviously I go back to 
the original Batman movie. Right. It with Michael Keaton. Yeah. But and I've seen several of the iterations since. And obviously I've gone back and watched the original TV show from the 60s. Yeah, which is fantastic. Yeah, Adam West and Burt like Ward it. and all that. And there's just something and I couldn't put my finger on it with Alfred that makes him so interesting. What was it because you said you like interesting work? Yeah. What was it interesting about that role for you? In taking it, uh, because he Alfred is a man who is—he's the sort of glue who holds Batman together. He is completely grounded in reality. He has to make Batman Bruce Wayne's life work, and he has to keep. I mean, he's—he is a father figure. He's a mentor, and he is also somebody who is who has to. Um, he has to do everything he can do, and then he has to step away and just say, you know what, this is your life, you do it your way, and I will be here, you know, whatever you need of me. And so it's, uh, he's a, I think he's a great role model. He's a great role model for people for, you know, as a, as a, um, as a mentor. Uh, and that was fun. It was the first time I'd ever played anything like that. Somebody who was that calm and that still in the center of all the, the madness that was going on. And I guess the word that, I'm thinking of, as you said that and described that would be voice of reason. Yeah. That, that we all need, like you said, Batman's life is so chaotic. Yeah. He need, and he's, Alfred has been that voice of reason, father figure, whatever the case is. And I think in life, in real life anyway, we all need that one person to say, I don't know. Hold on. Yeah. I got your back, but. You got to make your choices. It's exactly, you. uh, and I'll be there. Well, you know, whatever happens. Yeah. <laughs> so it's cool. Yeah, we do. We need somebody or some people to be able to, to stand and go. No, this is a bad idea. Don't yeah. do this. But, but you got to make, like you said, you got to make your own choices. That's yeah. for sure. Well, the one other thing I wanted to bring up, which I thought was interesting, and I know I'm a little young for the original TV series again. But I saw you were involved in a film project. It was actually a TV movie back in 2000 called The Three Stooges. No, that is not me. I've got to have that taken off IMDb. That's so weird. Uh, there's some, uh, there was another Alistair Duncan. Okay. He, had, he was a British actor, and he somehow or other, one of, that's one of his credits is, and he was a lot older than me, moved to Australia eventually. Um, uh, that was his credit, and it's on my IMDb. I completely forgotten that was there. I didn't do that. I wasn't in that. Oh man, <laughs> somebody else's. <laughs> I can't believe the internet actually got something wrong. I know, I know. Amazing, isn't it? Wow, yeah. oh, unbelievable. Because I, I thought that would have been certainly interesting to uh, get into. Yeah, I know it would have been. I would have loved to have done it, but no, that was somebody else. Yeah. Yep. But uh, speaking of that, it may be because you are a man from Scotland. I am. And would be familiar with Benny Hill. Oh, my was, goodness. Of course. Which is, which is a namesake, and obviously people know the name. Would you say Benny Hill would be the equivalent of the Stooges, since we, I brought the Stooges up? He was – I mean uh, – uh, yeah, he had some of that. He had some of that. 
it, it, he was, uh, uh, he was, he was a zany out there comedian and he had very specific shtick, which I loved as a kid. I've, I've seen it since. I'm like, what was I laughing at? That's crazy. Um, uh, but he was uh, like them, definitely a product of his time. And I, I, I mean, I, I don't know if he could say he was, he was similar to them because he was just a single, you know, comedian and he had his, you know, he had different sidekicks and he, who came in and he played off of, but he was definitely, uh, had his own brand of humor and comedy just as they did. And he was brilliant at it. Yeah. No question. Actually, as I'm thinking about it, cause I got several different things of your career going through my head. And I recently heard that, because of that Scottish heritage, you really enjoy going and playing Scottish characters. Yeah. So uh, what is it about going back and visiting your heritage? It's so weird because I never played Scott. I didn't, I mean, apart from when I started in Scotland and I was obviously playing Scots, but I hadn't played Scotsman for the majority of my career. And then I actually did a short film for his friend, this amazingly um, talented guy, Matt Yang King. And I played the butler. It was a butler in a, and it was a, and it's, a, it's in a, a steampunk piece, which I didn't know much about. Um, and, uh, but he said, I want you to play it Scottish. And I went, okay. And, I t- and the, the character turned into this just terribly hard. He was a hard Scotsman. He was a man of, you know, like a few words and he, but you knew that he was dangerous and it was so much fun doing it. And then that led to, um, uh, uh, really into to me playing um, Mimir in God of War. They wanted me, they had me come in and played him as a Scotsman. And they loved it. Uh, and they had, and, and it just sort of, it blossomed from there. And it is something that I, as I get older, I feel more connected with Scotland than I did when I was younger, which is, I think is, very often the case, you know, you get your nostalgia for where you're from, your desire to get back to your roots where you're brought up. And for me, it's actually, oh, I'm more of a Scot than I ever realized uh, when I was younger, because I was so busy trying to get out of the country. I was trying to get, you know, I was trying to go away and be something else, do something else. And so I sort of went, okay, you know, I've got that, but but, but it's really, it, you're right. It is really, really important to me being Scottish. And I love playing Scottish roles because I tap into something which is very basic and very, you know, uh, atavistic, I guess. So it's, it's, uh, it's a good feeling when I'm playing in a Scottish accent. I feel very at home. And I was just glancing at my notes to make sure I didn't miss anything. And it, it clicked for me here, why have you, which I very much appreciate and actually think it's a first for me in eight and a half years doing this i've had i believe you're the first person i've had that has done everything from shakespeare to motion caption with video games all right so to have such an eclectic resume is very cool for me cool Thank you. Yeah, no, it's uh, doing all of it is so much fun doing. Yeah. It's like doing, uh, you know, um, theater. Like, it's just, I, I miss that. Um, I don't know if I'll, I'll ever do it again, but it's great. And then yeah, motion capture Shakespeare. 
it's 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 just it's all the same I, I i've i've worked with actors doing I mean, because motion capture is fairly new and and when people first walk in they don't quite get what it is they don't get what it you know because it seems so alien to everything you know if you're from broadway or if you're from tv it's like it's a weird experience but it is such a um an amazing new part of acting. And I'm so happy that I get the chance to do it and get to play in that sandbox. Well, speaking of that, to wrap up, I'm curious to know, as we say that in such an eclectic resume, is there anything you haven't done that you want to do? Ooh. Oh, <laughs> I, you know, it's weird. The one thing I have played, uh, I've been in, productions of Macbeth like I, I did a production when I was a kid I would like that's a part I would like to play again I'd like to, I would love to have the chance to play Macbeth again uh it's the most brilliant play and the most it's so simple it's you know two hours long it's not like you know five hours of Shakespeare where you're busy trying to work out what they, they're talking about and what what's going on in the plot it's just a great a great story and in fact I know that Denzel Washington uh, Denzel Washington's got a film of it coming out um it's a it's timeless and it is it's been my favorite part I've ever played and I've played most of the parts in that play uh, in different productions so I am um, yeah that I would love to do and then you know I I don't have a um, a bucket list of of things I'd like to do I just like to keep working and enjoying what I'm doing you know I've worked with uh, um, Anthony Hopkins on Westworld and we have mutual friends in Britain. We were sitting talking and, and he is somebody who gets such a kick out of acting. He doesn't need, he's got nothing left to prove. He's got nothing that he needs to do. He's got, he just is who he is. And he is wonderful and having a wonderful time when he's doing it. And I've, I, you know, when I reach, hopefully reach that age, if I'm still doing it and enjoying it as much as he is, I'll be very happy. But I'm happy with what I'm doing right now, which is really cool. Well, I'll end it with this, and you just hit it on the head there. They say you never work a day in your life if you enjoy what you do. Yeah. Yep. Mr. So, Duncan, thank you so much. I appreciate the time. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. It's been a pleasure. Not all football helmets are created equal. Zenith, the industry leader in protective technology, is the only helmet in the game with adaptive head protection featuring a shock suspension system that can move independently from the helmet shell. Headquartered and developed in Detroit, Zenith is committed to player safety and revolutionary innovation. Zenith is proud to protect athletes at every level from peewee to the pros. Learn more about the Zenith difference at zenith.com. That's X-E-N-I-T-H.com. Hey, it's me, Bill Mosley, and you're listening to Crazy Train Radio. Ride that crazy train, and happy Halloween.